Lauren, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm really excited about this crucial conversation mm-hmm. with you. So um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm a therapist. Um, I recently got my uh, master's degree from Trevecca, the clinical mental health program. So I primarily work with individuals. Um, did my internship last year at the Refuge Center um, in Franklin, where I actually spend a couple of hours a week still volunteering some of my time. And I'm also working at a private practice in Brentwood with a couple of other therapists where we primarily treat eating disorders, along with disordered eating, body image issues, um, maybe those who are stuck in kind of that diet culture, diet mentality, as well as other co-occurring issues that show up alongside eating disorders. And then any other presenting issue really that comes through the door so okay well uh i'm curious this is such a unique season Mm -hmm. we're having this conversation with you because the issue of emotional health has become such a a a large thing and so tell us first what is emotional health yeah so what comes up for me when i think about that question personally and then just the work that i do with my clients is that it's really this ability for us to be able to identify our emotions and feelings and then to process through those in the moment and the moment that they're happening so the here and now is kind of what we call it in the counseling world and so um, i would say that identifying emotions can look like naming them so giving a word to the experience you're having internally and then processing can then look like um, letting that moment, or excuse me, letting that emotion be there in the moment with you in that present moment. Okay, so So help us see that. What does that look like in a very practical sense, or like in a real world everyday experience? Yeah, so um, I can just think of a a personal example that comes up for me, even just from this week. So just getting the news that I was gonna be doing this Q&A with you for um, this series that we're doing, I got a bit of anxiety around that. Um, And so I just noticed that throughout the week as we were getting closer um, to um, actually recording this, that um, the anxiety was getting a little bit bigger, especially yesterday and especially during my work day. So I was was seeing clients yesterday and I was going about my, my day and then noticing this anxiety. And so I gave myself permission throughout the day when um, when I had time to kind of do a little bit of digging as to what was going on underneath, what were the emotions there. And so I, I identified some fear, some doubt, some insecurity, definitely fear was big. And so being able to then take those emotions I identified and um, process through them with my husband um, was a really helpful way for me to um, get those emotions out. Awesome. Yeah. So did your husband fix all the problems or...? <laughs> no, no, okay. he didn't. No, and, yeah, and so, and I would even say to that that the really the point of processing emotions isn't necessarily to fix them. Yeah. That's not really um, the point. And so, I think actually, what was most helpful for me in those moments yesterday that I said, "Hey, I need help," or "Hey, can you talk with me about this?" is that um, he. Um, was just there to listen. So just having another another person there in the middle of those feelings with me is really helpful. Um, and so even after, end, after the end of some of those conversations, you know, fear is still there a little bit. There's still some anxiety, but it's just not quite as big. It doesn't feel quite as overwhelming anymore. Yeah. So. so it sounds then like the part of emotional health is actually having community mm-hmm. or some someone or some people around you to be able to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, process. totally. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I would say that community and relationship is such an important part to our emotional health. Um, you really can't go wrong with processing through 
your kind of internal experiences with someone, someone else. And then so, so we, read, we, we read about this in the Bible. Um, in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says, two are better than one. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. By yourself, you're unprotected, and with a friend, you can face the worst. And so we can even see that, I mean, this idea of relationship and community isn't this new phenomenon in counseling. It's been there since the beginning of time, since when God created relationship with, with human. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really important then that in the processing of emotions with someone else, that it's a safe and healthy relationship that it, it feels safe. Um, and so I often tell my clients when we're working through what this could look like is that um, even though most often we're wounded in relationship, that that wounding, that pain and hurt comes from relationship, that when we can step into healthy relationship with others, it can create growth and healing. Awesome. So, yeah. So maybe help define a safe and healthy relationship. Yeah. What does that look like for us? Yeah, yeah. So a couple of things come to mind when I think about healthy, safe relationship personally and then also professionally with clients. Um, so the first thing that I think about is that both parties in the relationship are able to practice vulnerability. So being able to come to one another and say, hey, here are my worst parts. Like here is the, the ugliest parts of me. And the other being able to say, I see you, I hear you, I love you, I value you, and I accept you anyways. And so it's this reciprocal kind of practice of bringing all of our stuff to the other person and the other person saying, yeah, like bring it on. I'll sit with you in it. So That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, so um, you're describing essentially, you talked about this a minute ago, mm -hmm. going back to God creating yeah. us mm -hmm. and he's relating, you know, going back to even Adam and Eve, he's relating to them in the garden. It sounds yeah. a lot like, you know, this back yeah. and forth safe place. Yeah, definitely. I would say that we have this innate desire to, to be seen and heard and valued and loved and known um, just based on our, you know, the inherent worth that we carry as a human, as, you know, being created in the image of God. Um, that's, you know, and if we look back to the relationship with Adam and Eve um, in the garden, that's, the, that's God's intent in, you know, in creating us is that he wanted to have that relationship with us. Um, and so, you know, God is the ultimate source of that unconditional love and that ability to actually be able to fully know us and fully see us. Um, and so then with that said, we can, we can say that um, our human relationships will probably fall short of that expectation, right? And so another piece to that healthy, safe relationship will be both parties being able to um, not hold an unhealthy expectation of, you can be everything to me, you can fulfill you know, fulfill all of my needs where um, they can both say, hey, you actually will fall short and that's okay. Um, and so that, that can just be another piece to what health and safety in a relationship looks like. That's awesome. Yeah. So what do you do um, when you're seeking emotional health or wanting to be emotionally healthy, but maybe mm -hmm. you don't immediately have that person or you don't yeah. have the community to rely on for that, sure. that process of, of getting yeah. through your emotions. And so what, what is, what's some practical and yeah. healthy ways to process, you know, your emotions if you yeah. don't have community right away? Yeah. So one of the first things that I talk about with my clients when we are um, getting into this topic of 
emotional health or language around emotions or developing just a foundation of what what are emotions, um, I will encourage my clients to journal. It's just a really practical way to um, process, to get out what is going on internally if there isn't somebody else there to verbalize it. It's just as powerful as verbalizing, kind of putting pen to paper and saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling, this is what's going on. Um, So that's a really easy thing to do. And then if we think about, well, what are your interests? What are your hobbies? And then pulling in those things into processing through emotions. So, you know, that can look like going on a walk, maybe going on a run, getting your body moving in some way. So that might be yoga, that might be a, you know, a bodybuilding class, I don't know, just something that can can move move yourself physically. And then maybe you're a writer, maybe you like to write songs, maybe you like to write poetry, um, maybe you like to paint, maybe you like to doodle or draw, just something that um, gets your mind moving and then something that can also maybe get your body moving is really helpful yeah. as well. So. so it sounds like motion, like getting yeah. moving or doing something is really helpful for yeah. the process. Yeah, definitely. And I would also say to that, that when we're, when we are engaged in in an activity that we are um, wanting to use to help us process through emotions, that it's important in that, whether it's journaling or walking or, you know, writing, that we are allowing that emotion to be present with us and we're allowing that emotion to come up. Mm -hmm. And so we're saying, okay, I'm going to honor this emotion. I'm going to sit with this as I'm doing this activity, as I'm going on my walk. Um, And so then, yeah, so then I would say too that um, one of my favorite things to talk about emotions with my clients is that emotion, the word, means movement. If we look at the word emotion and we dissect it, it has e-motion. It has the word motion in it. So it wants to move. Like our emotions want to move somewhere. Um, And so so that, yeah, that can be maybe moving your body. That can be maybe writing it out. That can be maybe taking a pause, closing your eyes, and maybe just talking with God about it. Um, And so often you'll find, too, that um, if we are experiencing maybe some anxiety, some depression, um, it sometimes, a lot of the times, can be um, a suppression of emotions built up over time that maybe we haven't given the space to move or to come to the surface. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's let's dive into some of the hard stuff, yeah. which is um, a lot of those yeah. emotions we have: fear, grief, shame. guilt, those are really hard to process at times. And I'd be the first to say, when I'm feeling any of those emotions, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I want to stuff it down. And so um, we don't like to face emotions. What would you say to someone that doesn't want to face the the emotions that are going on? Yeah, that's a really good point and a really good thing to bring up because nobody (laughs) wants to feel these things. And even, I mean, I can even sit here as, you know, putting my therapist hat on and say to you as well that like, I don't like feeling those things either. And I find myself wanting to avoid them too. Um, And so, um, I mean, I, the first thing that I would offer in that, in, in that is, yeah, I want to validate that that's okay. And that they don't feel good. And, you know, usually our emotions do manifest in a physical way. So when we say, I'm really hurt, or um, I'm really sad, or, you know, we sometimes describe those those emotions in a physical way. My heart's broken. Like, I feel, it feels really heavy. And so, um, you know, anything aside from happy and joy and excited, there's a discomfort to that. And so being able to validate that for ourselves and honor that um, can be a really important piece in um, the discomfort that does come along 
with some of those emotions. Um, and then I would say too that this, this idea kind of going back to stuffing or ignoring or repressing or even invalidating our emotions can over time, like I mentioned earlier, lead to them manifesting in a way later on that um, maybe is more dysfunctional or bigger than what it would have been like to be present with the emotion mm. in the present, in that present time. So, um, so yeah, and then I would also say too, um, you know, this could be a whole nother talk for a whole different day, but it, it's worth mentioning that um, trauma or unprocessed emotions can, there's some, there's some science around how it can get stuck in our bodies and how um, over time um, they can, it can manifest in a way that maybe looks like anxiety for some people, maybe depression, maybe um, some kind of um, alcohol abuse or pride or toxic shame. And so it can come up in different ways, but um, it's worth mentioning that, that there is some science around those things, those emotions that we don't give a voice and a name to can get stuck. So Wow. Yeah. So true. And yeah. of course, we've all seen it and experienced it. And the truth is we see it all throughout the, the scripture as well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even thinking through examples of different mm-hmm people through the word of God that had emotions coming up and how they dealt with them. I'm thinking of Joseph, right? He's betrayed by his brothers, uh, almost killed, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, uh, moved into Egypt, you know, spends time in prison. And then God, by his grace, pulls him back up and, and, you know, and then he's got his brothers coming to, to, you know, they're all, you know, the famine's happening and brothers right. are coming and, right. you know, he could have had these feelings of anger and hurt and betrayal and, but he, you don't see, he chose not to sit right. in that bitterness. Right. Um, and so, and because if he did, he could have just easily had his brothers executed, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do that. And he actually says, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for mm-hmm. selling me. So he's, it's clear that, there, this attitude, and he's handled these, yeah. all these emotions, all the things that could come, and he's yeah. processed them, and he's chosen to forgive and to love. Yeah. And that's such an unbelievable and extraordinary mm-hmm. story of at least, um, yeah. you know, processing it on some level in a healthy way. Sure. And it's clear that he had emotions, so God. Sure. Was, but then, of course, we've got examples where right. it wasn't as healthy. Right, right, yeah, totally. And so the, I think of an example um, around Moses, and so you know, he's led the Israelites out of Egypt um, from slavery. And I'm thinking, or I'm, I'm looking in Numbers 20, and um, we read in the first verse that Aaron and Moses' sister, Miriam, just died, and she's buried. And that's kind of the end of the explanation around that. And then the second verse goes into um, how the Israelites are, you know, complaining about there's no water, and they're really hungry, and, you know, Moses and Aaron, why would you lead us here? Like, you know, we could have just survived just fine back in Egypt. Um, and so we can imagine that Moses is experiencing some kind of emotion sure. around yeah. this, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, from his sister's death, sadness, grief, loneliness, hurt, um, to, you know, the, the, maybe the rebellion of the, of the Israelites against his leadership, anger, frustration, rage, hurt, you know, a, a whole slew of emotions going on there. Um, and when Moses and Aaron take this to God and God says, go speak to the rock um, and it will pour out water. Um, instead of Moses maybe following God's command and maybe even saying, hey God, this is what I'm feeling. Hey, this is what is going on. I'm, I'm really upset. I'm really sad. Um, um, we see that in verse 10, Moses says to the Israelites, listen, you rebels, 
do we have to bring water out of this rock to you? And so we can even imagine there's some rage in that. Listen, you rebels, right? And that's, that's yeah. no, I don't know. It's right. not very nice, whatever. <laughs> so, so, and then after that, Moses hits the rock. So he yeah. doesn't speak to the rock. He hits the rock out, out of disobedience, out of rage. He's reacting out of those emotions that he hasn't given space to, that he hasn't given maybe um, permission and honor to, to process those. And so, um, you know, Moses sins. He doesn't follow... Um, God's command in that. Yeah. And so we can see how that might be a way that unhealthy um, emotional experiences can can manifest over time. So You bet. Yeah. It's exactly what you were speaking to yeah. and how that can root down. Yeah. It's really fascinating. It really is. Um, so what do you feel like in our lives, what are some things that can mm-hmm. actually lead us toward becoming unhealthy emotionally? Yeah. yeah. So two things come up for me. Um, that I think are really um, significant in terms of creating unhealth for us around emotions. And so the first thing I think about is when we label emotions as good and bad or negative and positive. And so when we say that maybe any of the emotions aside from happy, joy, excited, glad, um, whatever, peace, you know, those kinds of things that that anything aside from that is negative. It's it's a bad emotion um, that it almost creates this message towards us of, okay, then I should feel ashamed for feeling that or I shouldn't feel that. I should try and feel something else but this. And so it then maybe tends to lead us towards... Um, towards repression, towards, like I said, kind of feeling that shame around having those emotions. And so I would say, I say to my clients all the time, what would it be like for you to start thinking about your emotions as they're not good or bad, they just are. There's something that provides us a lot of information around what's, what's going on for us in the world, in our internal lives, what um, what do we need? What are our needs that we have? And what is God, I mean, what is God telling us in that emotion what is he telling what is he saying about us and what do we know to be true about him um, in those emotions and so then I would say so number two would be that as valid as emotions are um, as as real as they are for us when we experience them they don't always tell us the truth Mm -hmm. they don't always speak truth right and so um, one of my favorite like skills, I guess you could call it, with, to do with my clients around working with emotions is this thing called fact checking. And so it really is just like it sounds. So we take the emotion that we've identified and we hold it up next to the to, to the reality of what is going on in the situation. Um, and so that could be, you know, what what is externally going on in that in that circumstance you're in, and then also, well, what do I know to be true about God? What is What do I know that God says about me? What do I know about his promises? And does that emotion and the, the, the bigness or the extent of that emotion line up with truth? Because if we, if we take emotion and say, this is only truth, then that can root us in a belief system that then leads to dysfunction and unhealth in the future. And so those would be the two kind of main areas that I would say can lead us to unhealth um, and emotions. And so, um, so yeah, I can just maybe give um, kind of a real life example of how this can manifest, if that's okay. Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So I know, I I feel like we've been using a lot of clinical language, and so I'd love to kind of make this look like real life. Um, So anyways, um, I, so in high school, leading up to high school, um, like any, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old, I I experienced a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings um, about myself and about the world around me and what it was like 
you know, growing up as a teenager. And um, I didn't necessarily have vocabulary for those feelings, for those emotions. Um, I didn't really know how to articulate them. I didn't know how to identify them and um, talk about them, ask for my, ask for what I needed from them. And so for me, the way that that manifested over time later on in my high school, in my high school years was an eating disorder. Um, And so I entered into counseling myself and through that work, through um, all of the things that we've talked about so far around emotions and, and why it's important to identify them and let them and process through them. And then also um, entering into that relationship with God where he says, hey, I see you fully. I know you fully. I love you fully. Um, I then was able to um, um, use those tools and then the love of Jesus to recover fully from that eating disorder and then enter into this work that I do now, which is my favorite story to tell. So, um, so yeah, that would just maybe be like a, a kind of real life example of how unprocessed emotions can lead to something dysfunctional, but that when we then can practice naming, identifying, processing emotions, and then inviting God in on that journey, then it's then then there will be redemption there. So, absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then, of course, not like you said, not just redemption, but then now you know. Uh, you're getting to turn around yeah. and become a minister and yeah. you know, the very thing where the enemy would love to come in yep. and try to bring destruction. Yep. And such a power, I'm mean, just such a powerful picture. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing that. That's very real yeah. world yeah. experience. That's yeah. awesome. So we'll just finish with this question. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to someone um, that you know might be struggling with either feeling unhealthy emotionally or maybe just they're struggling with emotional unhealth and especially, again, during this time yeah. where a lot of stuff is coming to the surface. Um, what would you say to... Yeah. What would you? What are the main things maybe that could lead someone out of maybe a place of unhealth but into health? Yeah. Yeah, so I would... The first thing I would say to that is, you know, no matter how big or small or what, what emotions there are, whether you know how to name them or not, they matter. Like, your feelings matter. They're important. And... And then also on the flip side of that, then, then what we do with our feelings, what we do with our emotions matters, regardless of, like I said, how big they feel or how small they feel. They're, they're valid and they matter. And then the, the, what we do with them matters as well. And, and some emotional experiences we have um, are too painful and too big to process on our own. And that's okay. And um, it's okay to ask for help. Um, and it's it's so healthy to ask for help. So um, I think that those really would be the the few things that I would say. I love it. It's, yeah. it's real and it's practical yeah. and it's spiritual all at the same time. Yeah. Um, uh, having community, having the Lord come in and meet those yeah. places. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. these things, helping us one understand it, but then two helping us see how it really lives in a very real world way. Yeah. It's so awesome. This has been such an incredible conversation. Thank you so, so much for being with us today. Yeah, it's been an honor. Thanks.